0: I just really believe wholeheartedly that the universe, who's really working through me and with me, and in fact, I am the my universe, but I have this idea that my universe is my partner and that when I really declare wholeheartedly what I'm up to creating and I'm all in, that things just happen, ding, 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 and they just unfold, and I
1: fully believe in that. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training and showcase their expertise and story. Hi, and welcome to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. I cannot wait to connect you with today's guest, Barbara Kramer. She is quite the industry disruptor and thought leader. We go way back to the days when I was attending Parsons School of Design working at Barneys New York and Moonlighting as a fashion stylist. Trust me when I tell you that Barbara is one of the most inspiring entrepreneurs. You are going to love this conversation. Barbara Kramer has been disrupting the fashion world for over four decades with her trailblazing and pioneering showrooms, trade shows, and fashion concepts. Now, she is turning her talent and expertise to the world of wellness with the launch of her new sales and representation company, plant lore agency where she is the founder and vision holder focused on plant alchemy the plant lore agency is the first sales and representation agency specializing in carefully curated emerging plant-rooted products and brands in beauty and wellness with top shelf ingredients including cbd from hemp adaptogens and mushrooms and the entire plant kingdom in 2018 Barbara followed her long held love of Eastern and alternative plant medicine to focus her discerning eye and brand building know how towards creating the PlantLore agency. She is world renowned for launching the first multi brand, gender inclusive showroom and sales agency, identifying the emergence of unisex dressing in the marketplace, and launching the International Design Group trade show to support this new trend forming a standalone men's and women's eponymous sales agency in New York City that represented game-changing fashion design leaders such as Jean-Paul Gaultier, Vivian Westwood, and Armand Basi, And upon selling this agency to her top sales executive, Fifi Simon, who is also a podcast guest and the owner of Simon's Showroom, Barbara went on. To co-found the highly regarded Women's Advanced Young Designer Trade Fair, Designers and Agents, now in its 25th year. So it should come as no surprise that Barbara is cultivating and launching this new platform in the world of plant beauty and wellness. On today's episode, Barbara takes us back to where it all began, her early roots in fashion, her spiritual and life journey, how she is turning her talent to cultivate and grow emerging high quality companies in plant-based beauty and wellness and her personal fitness and wellness routines that fuel her for success. I hope you enjoy. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple, head over to your app, scroll through the list of 85 plus podcast episodes, click on write a review, click on five stars and tell us what you love. It's easy. Now, on to the episode. Thank you so much for being here today, Barbara.
0: Thank you for inviting me.
1: I know you're here from LA for the week for a big event and work that you're doing here in New York with designers and agents. You've always been a disruptor, an innovator, a pioneer in the world of fashion for now decades. Tell me a little bit about your career and where it all began for you.
0: I decided that college was not my path and sort of saw an easy exit out and went to work immediately and got a job at a Just Pants store in Chicago, which led me to a path in retail at an early age. And then I moved from Chicago to Los Angeles and got into wholesale working for a guy who had like a multi-brand showroom. And that was really inspiring. And then I realized that New York is really where I needed to be. So in 1981, I'm really aging myself, I moved to New York. And within two years of being in New York, I formed my own showroom and brought in two other partners, two guys who joined me. And we formed an agency called Fundamentals of Style, Fundamentals. And we created the first multi-brand showroom that existed. I don't think it existed anywhere in the world because it used to be it was just a brand. It was like a corporate showroom for a manufacturer, a single brand in an office. And we created this multi-brand men's, women's accessories and unisex showroom. And at that point, unisex didn't exist. The term was just coming into being, I mean, anyone who goes back that far will remember like E.G. Smith socks. Right. So we identified that this was a thing and we created a trade show called IDG International Design Group to represent unisex brands. And we ran that for three years at the same time that we were also running IDG International Design Group. And we were kind of like stealing from Peter to pay Paul between one agency and the other business. And we, you know, we didn't know what we were doing, but.
1: And designers and agents is your, is your trade show?
0: Well, IDG was our trade show event. It it. ran for three years. DNA came into the picture many many years later. I then uh, left my partners and they sort of went their way. I went mine and I went to Europe and found uh, Armand Bassi, which was this really cool brand for Barcelona and brought b- that back to the U.S. and that and I ran work with them for like seven years And that led me to open eventually a men's showroom and then a women's showroom. And I had like 4,000 square feet of showroom space on Fifth Avenue and 17th Street. So I was one of the first people to like get out of the garment center and just say, if I'm going to work these long hours, I want to be in a great environment where I can walk to my loft because I lived in Chelsea at the time. And I had like 13 staff members working for me, and that's when we met. And I had, so I had a men's agency, and we worked with Ted Baker from London and Gautier Jeans. And then I had my women's agency, and we brought like Petit Bateau t shirts from Paris. I love Petit Bateau. They were great. And we were basically selling like the size 10 and 12, like children's t shirts, but to like Bergdorf and Barney's and all these incredible stores. And then I started my own. Cashmere sweater brand called Cashmere Studio that I designed, and then we launched a brand called Toka, right? That uh, was like became like a, the it girls, like little dresses, and had like a pretty amazing agency where we did uh, in-house press, and we had our own accounting department, and it was just it was incredible. I was also producing runway shows on the side, so on I really side. had my hands in a lot of different a lot of different lanes in components of fashion every kind of component of fashion because i also bought shoes for tootsie Plowhound, which was like the grooviest shoe store because yes. the husband and wife larry and annette didn't like flying so i'm like i go to Paris, i go to europe four times a year i am at all these trade shows i'll scout out new shoe brands for you so it was like a dream job for me because like i've always been like a shoe girl accessory girl we did that for a while and then my current partner in designers and agents Ed mandelbaum we had met back in the day in la approached me and said, there's no trade show in Los Angeles. And I have a need to go out there to do business. You have a need to go out there to do business. Let's do something. So we went out, this is 25 years ago, and we put a cardboard sign in an empty showroom in the new Mart that said designers and agents. And they were Five showrooms, it was like Annette B and his agency, Aubrey Company and my agency, and showroom seven, and there was somebody else, I think maybe it was Annie Coulson, and we did this market, and it was really successful, and we came back with 12 showrooms, and there were 20, and then all of a sudden, we had a trade show, and uh, we're still running 25 years later.
1: That's great, and you got rid of the showroom, though.
0: Well, I. it was interesting, when Ed approached me about doing this, I... Went to my lead showroom manager, Fifi Simon. Who's
1: been on the podcast. Who's Okay, And great. I love. My I sister love. works for her. Right, you told me that. Yeah. And
0: I'm like, Fifi, you know, I am so tired of me training showroom managers who then go off and open their own showroom. And like this time, I want to be the one that leaves. You stay. Um, work it out that you and Ahmed... Um, who uh, was our uh, financial I loved advi- too. advisor, yeah. uh, controller. You guys become partners and I'll figure out how to flow the funds for you to get started and we'll work out a deal where you sort of buy me out over time. And we did that and she's kicking ass. I yeah, mean, she is. She's, she's making more great. money than I ever did because I was always working with brands that were like really too advanced for where the market was and, you know, I was more like on the fringe edge side of the world and she figured out how to work with big brands and make a lot of money and I'm very proud of her and happy for her but I got out.
1: Talk to me a little bit about how it feels when you're younger to be a pioneer and a disruptor and to you know move away from business that you started and then see the industry and that concept become successful but you've moved on to the next thing like was that a struggle for you as an entrepreneur or you just dropped the mic?
0: I am always in present time Okay. I am always wherever I am. I'm in that space. I'm facing forward. So when I was done, I was done. I mean, I had an apartment in New York that I thought I would never, ever not have an apartment in New York, and I just sold it last September and truthfully signed the papers, moved out of the apartment, never looked back. Don't even walk down the street. Don't even think about it because I'm like really busy being in the moment with where I am. So I just... I guess I'm somebody who's always f- looking for the next challenge, right? I'm always like into wherever I'm going, whatever's coming next. And I think I'm so fully engaged in what I'm up to creating that like kind of when I moved on and I've closed that chapter, I'm just like into the next chapter. So
1: that's amazing. Yeah. I and mean, that and that's just like, I mean, you have a very spiritual energy about you. and it seems like you're very connected to being present. But then, You have all these visionary ideas. They just come to you? Like you're just always ahead of the curve? I
0: have so many ideas that I will like get really excited about like my day spa idea Uh or two different books that I have started writing that I have like literally one of the books like How to Navigate Dating in the Modern World. I've got like a hundred and some pages into it and then I'm like, "Mm, yeah, maybe put that on the shelf for now so there's so many things that come to me and what i've realized is that i don't have to do all of them that is huge so that i create something so i mean before i started my my agency which i we're going to talk about in a moment the plant lore i i was doing pop-ups i was doing vintage pop-ups and then i was going to open a vintage store And I I got right to the point of the day I was meant to sign a lease. And the landlord just would not give in on a couple points, which for me were like deal breakers. And I walked away. And so that was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I walked away from that. And now I look back and I'm like, that was a gift. I just really believe wholeheartedly that the universe, who is really working through me and with me, and in fact, I am. The, my universe but I have this idea that my universe is my partner and that when I really declare wholeheartedly what I'm up to creating and I'm all in that things just happen ding 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 ding, ding and they just unfold and I fully believe in that yeah so when something falls away I also believe that wasn't mine
1: Right. Now, have you always been that way? I mean, or is this something that you've sort of noticed or been more observant of as you've gotten older?
0: I think it's become clear to me. I mean, I I really get that it comes from my intention Mm -hmm. and it comes from listening for the good invitations in life and learning how to say yes to the good invitations and letting the other pieces, just like sand, you know, falling through my open hand, open fingers falls away, it's not mine. And I mean, I would say that lesson came not so easily. And those lessons still come. Because like when I get attached to something, then I'm blindsided sometimes from really seeing the truth about the person I'm facing or the opportunity I'm facing. And that recently happened to me where I got really excited about something because I wanted the thing. And I wasn't really, really honestly looking at the person offering so I don't know that I'll ever stop learning those lessons, but what my hope is, is that those lessons are less frequent and that the, the value of what I learned just goes into my toolbox
1: entrepreneurship is obviously in your DNA. Have you always been into wellness and beauty products? Is that something that has been a passion of yours? Because your new agency, The Plant Lore, that's what it's all about.
0: Well, I mean, I have been a seeker my whole life. I mean, I'm so used to people saying, yeah, that's Barbara doing her Barbara thing. And that that goes back as far as I can remember.
1: I remember meeting you in your showroom and it was like all leopard print (laughs) (laughs) carpets. And like, I visually remember coming in so yeah, so and I got that vibe when I was like 19 or whatever. And,
0: and it would change. I mean, you'd come in and it would be like that, and then you'd come in another time and it would be something else. Yeah. And I... Have just been someone who I think navigates life with a a lens, you know, that's always open to like curiosity and what's next and what's behind, what's around the corner that I can't see from where I'm standing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go this direction and then I'm just going to work at staying as flexible as possible. I mean, I would say that the... The beauty wellness piece really came out of more of plant alchemy and plant kingdom and journeying and delving through like that door. And so not necessarily like the beauty part of it, but what I started seeing was that I can help people heal.
1: And this isn't new for you. I mean, you've probably been dialed into the world of CBD and plant wellness and mushrooms from like the oh, age yeah. of like oh, 80- yeah.
0: I lived in the 80s in New York right. City. So okay? I was in New, new York in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I was out there in a pretty healthy way though. You know, I mean, I, but nonetheless, I was, you know, I was a fairly wild child. I would say that that piece led me from recreational use to really intentional working with plants. I mean, my first ayahuasca journey was, I think, 16 years ago. And Did you go to Burning Man or you just... I went to Burning Man five years in a row and I haven't been in 10 years. So we're talking 15 years ago. Yeah, I ventured into Burning Man, onto the playa. So, you know, there have just been these these paths and these points and choice moments in my life, which I think have really, um, you know, just helped me evolve. And I've been microdosing mushrooms for since January. Okay. And a tincture that a, a friend of mine creates and... I just, you know, I really get that the, you know, the the plant kingdom, Pachamama, all of that, I just have so high regard for that world. So being, working with plant medicine and plant makers and beauty and wellness and CBD being the lead conversation in that realm just felt really
1: natural for me. So talk to me a little bit about the plant lore.
0: I, um, my mother five years ago was very sick with cancer. And I sat at a dinner party next to Montel Williams, business partner. And he said to me, you know, you should get your mom on CBD. And I'm like, what's that? And that just, that conversation, I did get my mother on CBD. I'll never know if it helped because she was very, very, very ill at the time. But for myself, I started using CBD and then that, and I was always like, "What's my place? What's my lane? What's my lane? How am I getting involved? Am I investing in a fund? Am I like, what am I doing?" And I just sort of had my ear to the grindstone. and About a year and a half ago, uh, I knew some women that were in the media range doing work representing CBD brands from that side. And I'm like, sales is where it's at. Let me see if I like this. And then I started working on the sales side with products. And then I'm like, I love this. This is really like feels so organic to me. And actually like two years ago when I did my first pop-up, I had a CBD brand in my pop-up. And out of everything that it, that was in that pop up, it was called then and now, so it was vintage and modern and new and old, and it was apparel, it was, was beauty, brand? fashion, objects, art. Okay, books. so it was mixed. It was this mix, but I had a section of like beauty and wellness, and one of the brands was a CBD brand, and I just so loved sharing with women about. It was mostly women that was right. coming and were coming to my pop up about the benefits of beauty from the inside. and when I closed that event I was like I love this so in January it was just like this is it for me this is what I'm doing and I started bringing in brands that I really brand owners that I was already working with their products, using their products personally. And we've just, it's been like, what, eight months and we've just evolved into a, uh, you know, a really formidable business. And it was just sort of very natural because I basically took the tools from fashion of working with young, young designers or young makers and looking at what they were doing and the merchandising of their brand and the ethos and, Brought it over here and recognized that all these brand makers and CBD and plant alchemy really needed my help.
1: Yeah, I was going to say there's so many great products out there and there's some really bad products. So I think when there are brands where the makers and the founders are authentic about what they're trying to get out into the universe, I think they are the creators. So they don't always have the tools to get out there and sell their product to open doors in all these places?
0: Well, the the makers typically are doing everything, these smaller brands. So they are formulating, they are doing the packaging, they're like doing their e-commerce site, they're doing all these things. And so you can't do all those things and be, be like excellent at all of it. And so I just saw that even more so than fashion, like they really needed the use, the help of someone who could come in and listen to their story, help them, fine-tune the about on their website, look at their packaging, look at their, even their formulations. And the woman who joined me, Amanda Sherman, she comes from the Natural Green Beauty Space, She's really amazing at formulation, so we started looking at well, what are what's your ingredient deck about? And you know, we started doing sales for them, but pretty soon it became really obvious that needed help with branding. They needed help with their story. They needed help with how to get to market. And we just started seeing that like what we were doing was really invaluable. We now have a host of brands that we work with. One of the brands is with my esthetician. I told her like a year and a half ago, you add CBD to this because it's a pure, all 100% organic product and we've got a hero brand. And so in January, it's called Mimois. Okay. CBD, that's launching. So we're not just about CBD, I am about the entire plant Kingdom. And so we are very careful to say we're into plant alchemy, CBD, organic beauty, wellness, and plant alchemy. I mean, we go from that lane over to we work with Hello Goldie, which is a tea company, Buddha Bean, which is a coffee company, Lucent Botanicals, which are mints, Grune, which makes amazing chocolates and a beauty line, CBD Plus Nature, who is formulated out of Malibu and it's a gorgeous wellness and beauty brand. We are launching a brand in January called Rituel. The one of the founders is the sister of the founder of Foria. Okay. And her partner has the Gaia Institute, which is a herbal institute based out of Topanga Canyon, and she's our formulator. Amazing. It is absolutely gorgeous.
1: What were the gummies that you had? at Grun. Grun. Yeah, yeah. those
0: were great. Delicious. Those were amazing. Yeah, those are
1: obsessive. Gummies work the best for me with CBD. I don't know why. I mean,
0: I'm into the chocolate. I eat those chocolate coffee beans on a daily basis. Yeah, I
1: might eat too many of those.
0: But then I also, in fact, I brought you something I'm going to give you. Um, One of our brands that's that's shipping in October is called Ayur Editions of Life, and it's made from a wreath and nut, and it's nature's cleaning detergent. And these are pods that are formulated with aloe that go into your washing machine. And it's the cleanest dirty water coming out of your washing machine, going into the earth, and then the fruit from the wreatha nut is actually helping to reformulate the soil. So it's a full circle cycle nice. of organic cleaning. It's gorgeous, and so like these things get me so excited because it's like I don't want to ever be put in like don't put baby in a corner, and I want to be put in a box of like it's all about CBD. It's a trend. We know we're not. We're not on a trend, we're on a movement of getting people back in connection with earth and nature. I mean, plants,
1: these remedies and like traditional Chinese medicine has been around for over 5,000 years. So,
0: one of our brands is formulated, it's called Libido Femme, and it's formulated with CBD, with a hormone specialist, and Chinese herbs to help women balance out their libido. I mean, there's,
1: it's just, I I take mushrooms every day. So, yeah. yeah. For hormones and also just for energy.
0: We work with a guy, Elemental Wisdom. If you haven't heard of him, you're going to hear about okay. him. Okay. Do I need to have him on the
1: podcast? Uh, yeah. But. He is
0: a frigging genius. Yeah. He's been working with uh, cannabis since he's 14 years old. He's wow. in his 40s. And I've never met anyone who knows more about plants and adaptogens and earth and working with the cycles of nature and playing like, you know, music and vibrational energies that go into the plants that then go into your body. It's yeah.
1: It's huge. And so now you talked about microdosing earlier. Are you microdose you're microdosing mushrooms? So are you S- psychotropics?
0: Psilocybin, lines main niacin, okay. it's a, a, a tincture.
1: Excellent. And what how do you feel? Like well maybe um I'm pretty sure everyone knows what microdosing is, it's listening, but just in case they don't, what is microdosing?
0: So it's taking small amounts of in this case psilocybin, a psychotropic uh, mushroom, into your system on like uh, like a by a, a, every other day basis, so that there's just this very it's kind of like humming, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so raising your body's frequency. It's also over time. For me, I look at it as like my monkey brain. My monkey okay. brain's just like not there, not speaking to me, not heard. It's kind of on silence
1: because of the psilocybin Absolutely. And microdosing.
0: I don't think that I would be as great as with creating the plant lure with as much grace and as peacefully as I am if I weren't doing this. Because I, there's so much that's going on, and this has just allowed me to just. Be in the yes and the receiving mode of everything.
1: Interesting. I have not tried that. I just was listening or reading somewhere that an entire, I think it was like an entire institute has been funded to study mushrooms and how microdosing is good for you. Because I mean, I think there's like a like a sort of stigma with it, whether people are like taking mushrooms and then tripping. But obviously, that's not what's happening with it. Well,
0: it's imp- it's very it's a it's a very sensitive topic. I yes. have a very dear friend in Switzerland who's big time funding, a lot, a lot of research in this, in this sector. And, you know, look at like, you know, Colorado and like making this legal. And I'm like, how exactly are they doing that? Because (laughs) there's the difference between what I'm doing. Right. And someone who just takes some mushrooms, you know, chews on them. And then like 30 minutes later, they're driving their car and they're like, whoa. Right. You know, like, no. Well, they're being monitored,
1: right? People are being monitored that they're, when they're being diagnosed with the, Ability or given the drugs to be able to take them, they're like it has to be in a contained environment. A well, it has to that, be, a bit. Yeah. there's
0: not enough information yeah. out there right now to really to, to really address how they are going about doing this. Yeah, I like I look at people driving around in Manhattan on like bicycles, but they don't have helmets on. Yeah, and I'm like, really, you think that's a good idea? I'm not sure. People on those little wing scooters in L.A. riding around on yeah. those no helmets. I mean, I just think that like things need to be regulated and monitored and you know yeah. we have to like
1: 100 use
0: our good sense about everything we do and
1: I think that's the next big sort of mo- I think that is the it's not next because it's happening but it's the big movement after CBD after adaptogens and mushrooms is Absolutely. going back I mean and all these things have been around forever it's just like people are starting to see the medicinal <clears throat> properties and value of them.
0: There's a magazine, I can't think of the name of it now, but I'll introduce you to the ladies. They're in LA. It's just launching this month and it's all about psychotropics.
1: It is. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm not that dialed into it. So the plant lure, so you have, you know, you're helping all these new innovative brands launch their companies and sell to different doors around the world.
0: Well, we're starting in America. We've had, we've had interest outside of this country, but I, I am really focused on America. I think that there's just so much to do here and a big part of what we're doing. I mean, the plant law, my sales agency is kind of like my, like my calling card. It's kind of like, well, what are you up to Barbara Kramer? And I now am in three different conversations with retailers who want us to consult with them and guide them on opening CBD shops in these three different cities. So that's a big part of what I want to be doing. We are launching a install at Corso Como.
1: Oh, wow. I love Corso and, Como. Yeah.
0: And in, in the South Street Seaport, that's going up in October. That's huge. It's huge. I mean, we just, Congratulations. I, thank you. That's you. We exciting. just sat down with them yesterday to really formulate the buy. And that looks like it's going to be an ongoing shop Within their shop. And
1: so, so you're so much more than it's so you've taken this concept of like a multi brand showroom to like a whole other level because essentially you've turned it into a pop up where you're more than just selling the product, you're like going into the stores and helping them yeah, market. I mean- and-
0: I want to be the, uh, you know, what I say about the plant lore is that we want to be that trusted voice in this very noisy lane because buyers don't have the bandwidth or the time to really vet out who's walking the talk. Right. And we are doing that. I mean, I look at all the brands we work with. I look at, you know, I look at who is the brand owner. What's their story? Why are they in this? Are they in this for the right reasons? And then what are their products about? What are their formulations? What's their packaging? I'm not into plastic. I want things to be as like consciously created and as beautifully made as possible so we're only on the top shelf part of this industry i'm not interested in amazon i'm not really interested in sephora i'm not interested in big box i'm really interested in working with brands so that the retailers that work with us whether it's a fashion store a lifestyle store a spa a boutique hotel whoever we're working with can know that the brands are getting behind two years from now they can still work with those brands because those brands are really like into the integrity Of of the product, and I'm really interested in consulting and working with other retailers, putting corners in shops. I am working on a uh, hemp T-shirt line Mm -hmm. with an amazing like graphic designer that I'm really excited
1: about. That's your own hemp T-shirt line.
0: Yeah, that I'm looking
1: at having come out next year. Yeah.
0: And, you know, so there's a lot behind it. I mean, there's different kinds of conversations. So I'm just seeing, like, what we're up to as creating all the different spokes on the wheel that turn, Yes, like, inside of the CBD and the plant alchemy space. So... um,
1: You're in your element, launching all these young, new brands, emerging companies. Now you're here in New York for your... For your trade show, which is what you do with fashion designers. So what are you seeing in that space?
0: Well, yeah, I'm here because A, I always I'm in for the DNA shows, but then we had a booth. We've been having booths at designers and agents. I also had a booth at the Cabana Show in Miami, the Shop Object Show in New York, Indie Beauty.
1: Which is where we bumped into with, each other at Indie
0: Beauty. With the Plant Lore Agency. And then I'm still very much a part of DNA. Like, I'm going to Paris next week to Fashion Week with DNA to still scout out, like, you know, who are the new brands and the makers that we don't know to continue to grow that piece. And, I mean, I just, you know, if you're asking me, like, what I see happening in the fashion world, I mean, yeah. I just... I see things really coming, like the cycle coming back to us again. There was a moment where, you know, Amazon was taking over and everything. People were shopping all online and brick and mortar stores were suffering. And now I see younger generation wanting to engage Wanting an experience, wanting to walk into a shop, wanting to hands on, try on, touch, feel, engage, and buy product. And I think that that's coming back. I also see that that is also part of why I really was excited about doing the Plant Laura because I think engagement in shops had started to slow down as people were spending more time and focused on buying online. And I think that's all changing. And I think that having an intimate conversation for retailers with their clientele is provoked when you've got a whole section of CBD products and plant alchemy products because the customer's like, well, what's this about? And they, they want that one-on-one engagement, that live experience. Yeah. And so I think that this is all kind of seeding that conversation, what we're doing with plant Laura, but I also see that it's really important that we all support our brick and mortar retailers. They've got it. Can you imagine a world if like there's no more Barneys and there's no more of your favorite local select shop and they're all just like big for lease signs and like what that's going to do to the mood of the consumer. So we've got to support our consumers. We've got to like go shop at our local stores and like Put down our dollars there and you know I'm yeah I mean I
1: that. actually it's interesting that you say that because so I, I've always been in between both worlds like in what I do you know in terms of working with retailers and working with brands and being you know on the brick and mortar side of things and then also on the digital side of things and I work a lot in the world of wellness and athleisure and so six years ago we officially started doing this festival that we that my company fit plus love produces in union square and the entire concept around this festival is to help retailers drive sales Hmm. by bringing fitness and wellness into their stores they're selling clothing they're selling shoes whether they're selling you know athleisure or products or gear it's like bringing another experience it's like the old concept of like when you know back in the day there would be a book launch party at Bloomingdale's and then they would have the author, or you know, when a makeup artist would launch a line and then they would come into the store. It's like retailers have been historically I and even beyond this festival that we produce with it's over like fifty events all around Union Square. We've driven so much business to wow. retailers, some of the studios we've driven a hundred percent of the new business. I mean it's it's incredible. You need to
0: ne- let me know in the next yeah, one. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So basically this whole digital and we reach people through email marketing or through social media, but then they want to come in and experience the brand. And I feel like that has been even in the last 10 years, even though in fashion, it's been a little different where everybody's shopping online and lots of brands are launching D to C, like direct to consumer. I feel like we're seeing this exactly sort of like what you said, this resurgence of retailers wanting to engage with customers and customers, you know, consumers want to no, especially millennials. Who's behind the brand that they're shopping at? There's an incredible movement for this, like sort of come full circle, the whole retail experience. And I have a passion for retail, so yeah, me too. <laughs> I grew up in that business, so you know it's kind of like one of those things where I think getting consumers into stores and shopping at your local retailers is super important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We have to we have to continue to support them.
1: You're so inspiring. I mean, you're constantly innovating. You said you just sold your apartment in New York. You were in New York basically most of your career. So now are you loving LA?
0: You know, it's funny. I sold my apartment in New York and now I'm in New York so much. I'm here for 3 weeks, almost 3 weeks, and last month I was here for almost 3 weeks. And I'm like, this is crazy. But I love my home in LA. I mean, I I have a gorgeous post and beam house built in the in the 50s and Nichols Canyon in the hills, and I have like this pool that's like ozone oxide. I mean, I live really the LA lifestyle. I have a infrared sauna on my deck. I meditate in the morning. You know, I have two Bengal cats. I mean, I have this great lifestyle, and I, I love LA. I mean, I love LA because I love all the conversations that I get to be in in LA. And it's interesting. When I moved to LA 25 years ago from New York, all my friends in New York were like really pissed and they were like, why would you move there? And it's all a bunch of hippies. And
1: So you've been there for 25 years.
0: Like 25 years ago. I don't know. Like it was just, you know, it was no man's land a lot of it. There were very few great restaurants. There were... You know, you drive to the marina to go to T.J. I have Fridays to go dancing and stuff. I mean, it was kind of... The landscape was totally was different 25 completely years different. ago. You know, we had like power tools, all these like little secret clubs. I mean, it was cool. It was indie. It was underground and it was very... It just wasn't this sophisticated. It's it's a world-class city now. World-class city. Los yeah. Angeles is... I'm very proud of LA and I, I love what's happening there. I mean, it's... Probably going to get, be too crowded for me to want to stay there for the long run.
1: So where would you go next?
0: I mean, I have uh, land in Yucca Valley in the desert, Joshua Tree that I've had for some time. And I don't know if I would build there. I don't know. You know, I don't know where my next place is because I'm like there right now.
1: Because you're in the moment.
0: But I'm really open to what that might look like. And, you know, we'll just, we'll see, you know, we'll see where, where the wind blows me or, you know, where I'm, I'm guided to go. I also um, am involved in a retreat center in Costa Rica oh. called Imaloa. It's a masters retreat center that I am a founding member of, and kind of love what's going on in Costa Rica and talk about like pachamama and like plant medicine and really how what's going on. Oh, it's just very vital. There's a lot of beautiful people there and people congregating, and it's just it's a it's a very healthy. You know, it's one of the only countries in the world that doesn't have an army. Interesting. Yeah. So... um, So do
1: you spend a lot of time there?
0: I mean, I've been there twice in the last two years, but I don't spend a lot. I don't spend enough time there.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Costa Rica and retreats, what's your wellness routine? I feel like I know the answer.
0: Well, I get up in the morning and I feed my boys, my cats, and then I meditate turn on the sauna, dry brush, sit in the sauna for like 30 minutes every morning that I'm in in L.A. I swim like 100 laps every day that I am in L.A. Swimmer. I mean, I was a yogi. I started doing yoga in 1981. So I did yoga for, I had a yoga practice for many years. But then what happened is I started doing yoga versus being yoga. The last real activity with yoga was like a 30-day hot yoga challenge and on my 30th day I'm like if I never walk in a yoga studio again I'm like good <laughs> and like I still will go like when I go to Costa Rica I do yoga and like I have a yoga practice but like what I saw was that it was much more it became more of an activity and less of a sense of being mm-hmm. so when I'm in New York I ride my bicycle that's typically like my modus modus operandi of getting around and. I don't know. I dance. I'm a dancer. What kind of I dance? Take, uh, I'm just like a like free form dancer. Like take me to like you know all day dreaming concert, and I'm just like I will dance for five hours. I walk like I you know I I don't really have like I drum. I play standing bongos when I'm sometimes jamming with friends. So cool. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like kind of just.
1: In 1981, oh, were know. you practicing at Jeeva Mukti or... I was at
0: Hatha Yoga. Hatha Yoga. I started Hatha, Hatha Yoga. And then I went to Jivan Mukti when Jiva Mukti was on like second yeah. street on the, the third floor walk-up.
1: Oh, I don't know that one. I knew yeah. the one on 4th Avenue. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like on a walk-up. Or was that on 4th Avenue? It was like on a walk-up in a brownstone?
1: No, the diff, that was okay. probably their first one.
0: Yeah, I was there. I mean, it was crazy. I would like leave my office. I would race. To get there, because if you were a minute late, they closed the door. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, there's something really wrong with this picture. Here, I'm going to yoga, and I'm like racing like a maniac to get there on time. So that kind of had its yeah. sort of moment where I've been like, this is, doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I practice, you know, kundalini yoga and, you know, and flow, and like I've practiced with a lot of different really amazing practitioners. And I still love yoga, but the yoga is kind of more within
1: it sounds like it like less asana more intention more yeah
0: breathing and and yeah the whole plant world I'm really into that that's all that's another that's another podcast
1: the plant world (laughs) yeah quick question I mean before we before we go do you have any books that you're reading right now like since we're talking about the plant world like something that you love
0: Michael Pollan how to change your how to change your life I mean He's he's amazing. That's an incredible book because he really enters into it kind of as a skeptic, and then really shares about the the history and you know plant medicine and really like talks about you know. Uh, a lot of different um aspects so you really get an education mm-hmm. and you kind of get to decide for yourself if this is something you want to venture into the world of psychedelics and yeah and he things. i was
1: going to say he's the one who's really kind of like behind that movement in a really big way
0: yeah i mean i would say like i would pick up that book
1: how to change your life yeah
0: And then there's like the ABCs of CBD. It's a great little book to pick up if you want to kind of be like, okay, let me learn more about that. But also our website, theplantlore.com, we have a section called Educate and Elevate where we tag a lot of different talks and um, conversations that have been posted where I think you can get a really good background about like why CBD and what might be good for you personally.
1: Yeah, I think that that is really helpful to have that. What retailers do you think are really innovating? I mean, you mentioned Corso Cuomo here in the city.
0: I think that there are some e-commerce sites, like White Label. I think they do a good job. Standard Dose. um, There's Seven Space. I like what they do. I think that they are doing a lot of good education on their site, and they've got Mm -hmm. a nice brand selection. They're probably the most well-rounded of the sites that are out there. I mean, if you live in New York City and you want to go figure out about like uh, the world of like CBD wellness, you might want to go to Alchemist Kitchen. The Alchemist Kitchen, yeah. I mean, and then like ABC, they're starting to bring in some really nice CBD beauty brands. I think
1: the Alchemist Kitchen is there.
0: And the Alchemist Kitchen yeah. has a wellness part and they're okay. doing the beauty part.
1: That's awesome. This has been super great. Thank you so much for for coming.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me now. Pleasure.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarniOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarniOnTheMove1 at gmail.com and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of, If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.